story of the two Michaels. This was a big deal, right? The idea of two Canadians being held in prison in China arbitrarily struck a deep chord with people. Nobody wanted to have that happen to them. So it's no wonder that people advocated so strongly for the government to do something, do more, to bring them home. But now we are also getting a glimpse of what was going on behind the scenes and a better idea of the challenge facing the Canadian government at the time. Now, there's a great story, as I said, in the Globe and Mail over the weekend. I highly suggest that you check it out at globeandmail.com. But right now, Robert Fife is joining us, Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Globe and Mail. Robert, thank you for being here. You're welcome. So can you give me an idea of what have, what have you learned about what was going on behind the scenes between the two Michaels? Well, we now know that um, Michael Spavor, uh, three years after he came back, almost three, well, actually two and a half years after they came back from uh, being released, uh, believed that um, that Mr. Uh, that Michael Spavor, a fellow prisoner, had deceived him. Uh, he didn't. He, uh, as you know, Mr. Spavor had a very good relationship with the dictator of. Uh, North Korea, uh, Kim Jong-un, he had uh, jet skied with him, had met many senior ministers, had cocktails with the guy, brought Dennis Rodman on a tour to meet the dictator. So he he ran a a very, he was one of the very few Westerners who had real access to North Korea. And he was a friend of Michael Spavor, who uh, was a diplomat at the Canadian Embassy in Beijing, Mr. Um, Kovrig worked as uh, an officer with the Global Security Reporting Program, which um, uh, which uh, goes and interviews and talks to people uh, overtly, uh, but then shares this information with CSIS and the Five Eyes Committee. Mr. Spavor is saying that he thought this guy was his friend. He didn't realize that when he was telling him stuff, it was being passed on to CSIS and the Five Eyes Intelligence Community. And that uh, this was the reason why they ended up getting arrested and were put in jail for almost three years. And he, as lawyer, is seeking to get uh, a multi-million dollar settlement from the federal government. And that's where we're at right now. Um, whether the government settles with him or whether it goes to court, we will know, I guess, in the next coming days or weeks. Oh boy! So has the negotiations, from what you understand, going on for a few years here, and this no, is now been going on since apparently since August. Okay, so this is a relatively new development. How much of this, Robert, was known before? Like you talk about the North Korea aspect of this, I feel like that didn't get a lot of discussion when all of this was happening. No, uh, partly. I mean, it, it. I mean, I don't think it takes away from the fact that. China arrested these two uh, and held them as hostages because of the Huawei chief executive, Ma Wen yes. being uh, detained uh, on a U.S. Uh, extradition request. There's no th- doubt about that. But it, it also, I mean, we've been led to believe that these guys were just picked up randomly and it had nothing to do with their relationship or anything like that. Well, now it casts a new light on what we've been told and what we've reported for the last several years that, in fact, there's a possibility that China might have had reason to arrest the two two of them um, because uh, the information that was being shared with Mr. Kovart and then was being passed on to intelligence services. So 
that's really the crux of the issue. Um, I know the government is saying that insists that you know these guys are that had nothing to do with it. They were just picked up because China was was trying to retaliate, and that they're and that Mr. Kovrig is not a spy. That he works for this program. It's they are they do their work overtly. They do reports. They do send it on to the Five Eyes intelligence community and CSIS. But it's not it's not like you're running spies. It's not like you're doing um, covert intelligence work. Right. So that was kind of an open thing. And I guess from what I could read in, in the story as well in the Globe and Mail is that there was no indication that any of this or any of this work really had to do with with China. Uh, well, I'm not sure about that, but uh, but let's face it, uh, anything that goes on in North Korea is going to be of great interest to China. Right. Okay. So, boy, this sure adds another uh, dimension to all of this, doesn't it, Robert? Yeah. Yes, it does. And, you know, we I think there's we have to see how things unfold, see if there's more information that comes out. Um, but it does it does certainly uh, give us pause and makes us look at the whole situation a little differently. It really does. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate your time. You're welcome. Bye. That's Robert Fife. Robert is the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Globe and Mail newspaper. Check out this story, globeandmail.com. Tell you, when I saw even the headline of this over the weekend, I thought, what is happening here? Essentially, it's the two Michaels uh, in a bit of a legal dispute. Michael Spavor accusing his fellow Canadian detainee, Michael Kovrig, of unwittingly contributing to their detention. Uh, accuses him of inadvertently passing information to Canadian authorities. Essentially, Michael Spavor is now seeking a multi-million dollar settlement on this uh, because he had a close relationship with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. I kind of find it hard to believe that he didn't think that that wouldn't be of interest to a lot of other governments. If you're the guy booking Dennis Rodman for a trip to North Korea, yeah, I can see how governments might be a little interested in your work and your connections there. So boy, it sure does add a whole nother layer to this story, which of course we will be hearing more about. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.